Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Laugh, Lend and Eat the Podcast, sponsored by One Good One and First Option Mortgage. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, This episode is titled Meet the Recruiters, and it's a real cool episode because we had a panel discussion with three of the industry's top recruiters, Guy McFadden, Jim Boggess, and Brandy Floyd, all shared their experience on this episode. Uh, So if you want to learn how to recruit in this age that we're going through, this is an excellent episode that you're tuning into. So sit back, take some notes, and uh, thank you so much for your continued listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Laugh, Lend, and Eat the Podcast. And uh, we do have an amazing lineup today, guys. I am floored. Uh, You guys have been hearing about this Meet the Recruiter podcast episode that we've been working on. Um, we've got three of the best in the industry. We've got Guy McFadden from One Good One. We got Jim Boggess from Verity, and we have Brandy Floyd, who is at Novus. Um, so welcome everybody. Say hi collectively. Hi. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. We're gonna go through a little roundup. Don't worry. But uh, so this was something that I planned on. Um, we were working on this because as we're doing this whole pandemic COVID thing, there's always this pushback that people hear that you can't recruit in this environment, you can't do this in this environment, the rates are too low, pipelines are too full. And, you know, I just thought it'd be nothing better than to get three really top people on board and and go through what's going on in the recruiting arena in our mortgage uh, industry and and get their opinion. So let's go around the clock here and uh, we'll start off with ladies first. Brandy, just give a quick intro about yourself, if you would. Ooh, um, well, I've been in the industry uh, right at 10 years, I started as a coordinator um, in the agency world and really just kind of fell in love with the process. And I was grateful enough to have uh, leaders that kind of let me dip my toe in it a little bit at a time. And once I kind of had that first round of success, I was hooked, you know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've done it ever since. Nice, nice. And you're in uh, North Carolina, right? You just I am. Really yep. yeah. All right. So let's go down to Florida with Jim from Verity. Yeah, hi. So I got into this business uh, 30 years ago. I think it was 1992. Or, is that 30 or is that 28? I don't know. I'm not good at math. The more close enough. 30. Yeah, it's close enough. Close <laughs> enough. And uh, uh, yeah, so I experienced, my first experience was uh, I cut my teeth on recruiting loan officers in 1993 in the middle of a refi boom, you know, yeah. those rates wouldn't, would be laughed at today. Um but I got into the business uh, through a friend of mine who said that, uh, you know, you're born to be in um, building relationships and talking to people and um, you need to give this a shot. So I, I went in and I had a job. I was supposed to start that next Monday and it was a Friday. And he said, just come in and meet with us. And I, so I, I went in and I met with him and it was like six other partners that I had to get through and meet with. And I'd been through three of them and, they all, the first three really liked me. I was there for three hours and he says, you're going to have to come back Monday and finish with the rest. And I said, I'm not leaving here without this job. So wow. he wow. said, uh, you're going to have to sit and wait. Then you're just going to have to, we're going to have to weave you in. These guys are busy. I said, that's fine. I'll just wait. I was there for 11 and a half hours and uh, left with a signing bonus. And I've been a recruiter ever since. Nice. Nice. All right, Jim. And then uh, last but not least guy from one good one. Wow. Okay, least is the, the key word in this sentence. Uh, listening to those two stories, uh, wow, impressive. Uh, I found recruiting the career uh, 
fairly recently, uh, four or five years ago, to be honest with you, uh, it really kind of made me feel the old line, and I'm a base, I'm a sports guy. So, you know, the old line, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life type of thing. I found this, and, and I, I love that. I love the relationships, as you said, and, and being able to make a difference, and, and it's remarkable. I didn't go into mortgage recruiting either way. I was working for a large recruiting firm and uh, went away and, and, and found this, the mortgage industry and, and working with these people because it's such a, it's an amazing life uh, that, they have these LOs have it's it's like none nowhere else the the pressure but yet the rewards the characters what's I have to like about this it, it's a lot of fun and it's never boring um, so you know I hope to uh, rack up the 27 years that, that, that my colleague 11 and a half hours really <laughs> no wonder they gave you a signing bonus <laughs> I would have too Amazing. So, hey, Jim, wow. you said something that's very interesting. You got signed in, in the 93 refi boom or right after you came on board, right? So right. Let's start off right there. I know it's, you know, we're just talking, okay? So just, when you look at the 93 refi boom, because I came in the year after. So for me, I was 94. Okay. And people were like, why are you going to business now? The rates are, you know, not as low as they you were. You know, they're back up to 8 9% when I got in, right? Right. And, um, you see any similarities between the refi boom of today? I mean, obviously not the rates, but the, the, the volume of business that people have, the, 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 the rush to closings, the, the craziness to the refi boom of 93? Uh, only in the sense that people were trying to capitalize on low rates, you know, in that specific cycle. I think what we're seeing today is unprecedented because of the advent of technology. You know, if you remember back then, Fabi, it was still, everything was manual. And uh, people were resisting technology and it wasn't something that people readily embraced. So today, I mean, you can get a refi from your couch, yeah. you know, it's, it's amazing what's, yeah. what's transpired. So no, I think the funnel is wider today. It's bigger, it's faster, it's more fluid and uh, companies are drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. As are recruiting firms. <laughs> <laughs> do you, I remember in, in, for me, I was actually working for Allstate Insurance during the re, actually 92, 93, right? Mm -hmm. We used to have to actually have the binder, the actual physical binder to the table for closing. You couldn't even fax it to them. No. Yeah. So they didn't have the original. They couldn't go. And so, I mean, I'm running around sometimes seven different title companies dropping off these title pile or these uh, hazard deck sheets. Yeah, so the, the technology has been amazing in this industry. And I think even in our industry, Brandy and, and Guy, because uh, I can tell you the uphill both ways to school in the snow with no shoe story where you know, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even have a computer in the office. We had to dial uh, the area code 555-1212 to get the number to the Chamber of Commerce for that specific city. We would call, we would ask them to fax us over a list of their banks and mortgage companies and real estate firms. And then we'd go stand by the fax machine and wait for the thermal, paper, <laughs> the thermal paper to roll off and fall to the floor like a scroll. And then we'd go and make phone calls and build our lists. Yeah. Crazy. crazy that man. is crazy. Good stuff. I mean, the nice thing is that, you know, you survive all this thing. And I, in my mind, I wonder like, what's the next thing? Like, okay, we're here today. You know what I mean? We're, you can literally get a refinance on your couch. So what's the next thing? Do they put a hologram of me in their family room? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking an application of theirs. <laughs> One thing I want to jump on is I, I found this interesting. Uh, 
Capital One, if you saw the Capital One ads and how they were introducing coffee and like their, their, uh, their little banks were, were like almost coffee shops. You've seen that? Well, they spent thousands more than we could ever spend on research. And what it told them was millennials, when it came to banking, when it came to money, wanted personal interaction. They didn't do this because they wanted to. They did it because their research showed them that even though my son forgot more about technology than I'll, I'll ever know, even at his core, they want that human reaction. So no, I don't think we'll be replaced by hologram <laughs> as much as uh, many of us, uh, many people who know us would like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the young people are, are in the other way. Good stuff. So Brandy, I know we've been going through this pandemic as we talked about, and, and obviously there's challenges that we have, personal life, business life. For you, I mean, and by the way, just for the record, you represent Novus Mortgage only, whereas Jim, and Guy represent multiple companies. So that was one right. of the reasons that I did this setup so we could have a flavor from everybody. Right, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So, uh, and Novus Mortgage, a great outfit. I kind of know those guys a little bit. <laughs> um, what was the biggest challenge that you've seen, I mean, right now in the last, let's say, four to five months? Just as a whole or? I mean, just, yeah, anything, anything that, you, that stands out in your mind. Well, I mean, people are, scared you know they're scared of the the future and um even you know some recruits that we had ready to cross the finish line in in march right kind of like oh you know maybe i'll wait just another month or um it's you know i think everybody's just been very timid around a lot of things and you know, one of the other challenges that we have is just because we're a newer company, you know, so we were up against selling being new, right, and having this this opportunity that either people love or hate, right, the whole being new thing is not for everybody, but then you add the COVID thing on top of it, and so um, we've definitely still had success, and we've still been growing like crazy, for mm -hmm. sure, but we've we've definitely seen a lot more timidness around crossing the finish line um, than I think we were dealing with just a few months prior to that. And then with you guys, I mean, you guys really kind of embraced the technology, if I remember right, with Nova. Yeah. So is the technology helping your current loan officers continue? I mean, obviously, look, everyone keeps talking. And just for the record, I'm kind of tired of people always saying we have new records this month. I get it. <laughs> We're all having new records. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, doesn't yeah. matter who you are. We get it. We got it. <laughs> Move on. Uh, <laughs> at two and a half percent, you should have new records, right? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how is technology helping your loan officer that you have been able to recruit that that Novus offers those guys? Well, I mean, you know, I think the the mobile app and everything that we've been able to put together to make it contactless, right? I mean, it's literally paperless and you know you don't have to go anywhere and do anything right now if you don't want to right i'm just kind of making sure that all that's been set into motion that's been the the, the real kicker for us and Jim, that where being new helped you out brandy in that that you know you guys are, are more adaptable or able to you know come out of the blocks in in this type of mode and adapt to it yeah for sure gives you a leg up i imagine yeah. I'll give the show back to Fabi now. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. I want to go back to Jim here for a second because Jim's been here obviously longer than all of us. 
is there a type of candidate gym that absolutely just drives you nuts? I mean, look, I, 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 I can talk about home buyers, you know what I mean? And in fact, I had one last night just literally say, oh, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And I haven't originated a loan in five years. Just for the record, I just started originating again in 30 days ago. <laughs> and also I looked at my wife and said, I, f I remember why I don't like originating. <laughs> After I hung up with this bar, right? So is there yeah. like a type of candidate that you just like, you, you know, from the minute you start talking to them, like, I don't want to deal with this guy or girl, whatever, right? But is there something like that? Yeah, typically it's somebody who's not open-minded enough to understand that there might be a better opportunity on the other side, you know, uh, of just really just, I'm not really asking for a coming over a 10 minute phone conversation. I'm asking you to just be open-minded and consider what else is out there because our business, my business, it's, it's not about calling somebody up and getting somebody to make a job change in 10 minutes. It's about building a relationship and a trust. And so the relationships that I build with people, I don't think people understand out of the gate. I'm not, I'm not calling to recruit you, you know, you know, um, the happy where I'm at answer. Well, great. I, I wasn't calling to recruit you anyways. And that's sincere. I'm just, my job is to know everybody and there will come a time in your career where you'll have to make a move and you'll rely on a real short list of people at that time. And I just want to be on that list. So in, in, in the meantime, let's just build a relationship and, I've got relationships with people that I've never placed, but they've called me and said, what do you know about this company? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? And, you know, um, when you're genuine and you actually really do give a hoot about people <laughs> and career and you put the money as secondary, I mean, you make a lot of money in what we do, right? We, we all know that, but uh, that's never the primary driver. And when it becomes the primary driver, you've lost your focus. So sure. when I talk to people that, don't get it. You know, it's just like they see me as a vacuum salesman or they see me as somebody that's trying to sell them a 72 Buick. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, guy, you know, we're, we're done here. You know, I'll, so, I mean, I'll talk to somebody else that understands it and gets it. To dive into that. I mean, Jim, one more time is, is that, are you talking about the guy who just, when you call to say, look, dude, I'm not interested and just wants to hang up. Is that what you mean? Or yeah, I mean, I don't get that anymore at this at this juncture of my career. But I used to get that, you know, I used to get the hangups. I don't really get that anymore. I get the more of the polite decline. But then I I actually have fun with that one because I can flip them usually. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that's the one that drives me nuts. The people that just aren't open minded enough to understand that there's something better, or somebody who isn't even what I would consider a B player, more of a C player. Mm -hmm that thinks they've got it made. And it's like, no, you, you don't understand how much money you are leaving on the table. You know, you're making 200,000, you should be making 600,000. I can show you this, I can, I can take you there. And they just, they just don't want to hear it. And wow. uh, I feel sorry for them, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, how would you take someone that is resistant to you? And, and, and to Jim's point, I like the word you use, by the way, Jim. I'm going to use that. I think it's an FBICI word, flip them. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you take someone that is resistant to you and flip them so that they do rely on you for that moment that they need that decision making? I wanted to address one thing with Jim that would drive you nuts now, if, if I may, because just taking a different direction, Jim, what you said was, was thinking in the fact of, you build a relationship, a foundation on honesty, on truth, okay, and that transparency. And what drives me nuts, and I wanted to address this, is when they don't. And, and you know, I've done my research. As a matter of fact, I was kidding with somebody the other day, and I'm telling them their numbers. 
I'm not telling them I'm just show how impressive I am. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I know what you're doing. So, you know, I, I know people fudge on their resumes. When they don't. Let's let's be honest. Let's be straight. And and that I just wanted to get to that is and flipping is a whole other thing. But that foundation of honesty and transparency uh, is, is is what drives me crazy is when they try to. Well, what, the Buick, Jim. <laughs> what, what they don't understand is that information is everywhere now. And we go back to the technology thing. It used to be that they could lie to us and tell us that they did X when they really did Y. And you wouldn't find out until you asked for paycheck stubs to prove it as a condition of the offer, right? So we're drowning in information and we're starved for knowledge these days. You know, that's, that's how I see it. And my job is to get the knowledge out there. Information's easy. I mean, you know, how many times I've talked to a client that says, uh, you know, we, we have that name. We saw that person. We, we saw, them. you should know everybody out there. I mean, it's, it's readily available. It's who is the procuring cause and how do we get that person to the table and who's got the influence over the candidate. Right. So yeah, back to your point guy. I mean, it's exactly what you're saying is like, we can't be lied to anymore. That's a good feeling. That's one thing I'm real thankful uh, about technology in our industry because we don't look like idiots anymore because we <laughs> told us they do 20 million and they really only did 2 million. Right. They did 20 million five years ago, right? Well, so all they, the reports no, combined over five yeah, yeah. years. <laughs> they were years combined to 20 million. That's yeah. what they yeah. mean. Their career span. Their best year ever. That's the number you get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the question on you. Give me a, a candidate that you love working with that you know like boom oh my god i click with that individual i want to work with them and they want to work with you what's that you, I mean, walk me through that process me or guy i'm sorry brandy, brandy. Oh, brandy. oh me i didn't hear you um I, I didn't hear you say my name um i am a over communicator like probably to the point of annoying um so the the candidates that uh, share the love of overcommunication um, are my favorite. The ones that text me, you know, hey, you know, what's going on? Or do you have this? Or where are we at? You know, the, this, like, I know that they're engaged, right? And so I love that. I love the ones that um, once we kind of get to a certain point in the process, our relationship just really, you know, it just hits it off even more. And we're able to, um, you know, just kind of talk like friends and, and, support them kind of going through the process. I love, I love that. So. You, you said a key word there is engage. And so there was this, um, I, was, I think it was with Zenix, I was on their thing. And uh, it was the, it was a dilemma with engagement and, and Casey and uh, had Casey Cunningham had come up with this chart that showed that I, I want to, I'm not going to misquote some number, but it was like almost 70% of mortgage employees were not engaged in their current company. So the pool of availability is 70% of, of almost all mortgage guys right now that are not engaged. They're engaged because their pipelines are full right now, right? That's about it. But they're not really, and there's only like maybe 12% that were actually drinking the Kool-Aid. So when you find someone, guy, that's so committed to their company, right? I know it's not on the question here. Let's, we'll move on. Oh. <laughs> right? Well, if you find somebody that's really committed, that part of that 12% that is engaged, I mean, and they're, and they're polite and they're congenial. I mean, do you still continue calling them to find that moment when they're not engaged? I mean, what, how do you, how do you do that? Really gets to Jim's point. Um, and frankly, he's just do the talking for all of us between him and Brandy, forget about it. It's really about being there when they need your father. Okay. Because anything can change to anybody. 
I've learned that much already. So it's about, and, and, and I look at this as acquiring talent and, 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 and friends. And it is amazing, Brandy, isn't it, that, that, that you connect on such a personal level? Because, you know, honestly, this is people's careers. This is their lives. This isn't just, you know, we're not just playing here. This is, it is personal, and it should be. Um, so to answer your question, Bob, whether I think I could flip them, because I like, I mean, getting back to your old flip thing you did earlier, kind of irrelevant. I, I'm, I'm looking to establish a, a relationship that, I am one of that small circle, as Jim put it so eloquently, that they will call when they need it, or, or advice. And then what I'll do is I'll call Jim, and I'll get the advice and call him back uh, with good information. <laughs> yeah, by, by flip them, I, I just mean gain their trust. No, no, I, 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 so, I just love that statement, Jim. I'm, I'm, that was the Fabi. That wasn't your flip. That was his flip. <laughs> But Jim, going back to you, since I mean, you are you are the senior here at this point. So, what's somebody starting brand new in the business? I know it's okay, you know what I mean. But trust me, you're <laughs> older than, than you've been around, so you're doing really good, brother. Um, what do you tell somebody that's just starting off in the recruiting business? I mean, do you tell them stop it, kid? Don't do it. It's not worth it. Or <laughs> get out while you're alive. Yeah. Face your dreams. Or this is a, a really good industry, and this is the. I mean, what would be like your advice to somebody starting off? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think it's a wonderful business. And I think it's something that I would encourage anybody to look into and get into. But this is a miserable business to come in and make 30 or 40 or 50 grand a year in. I mean, don't come here to make that. Um, outwork everybody. Build as, as big as you can build your web, as big as you can build your network and your circle of influence. So when I got, when I was hired by that company in my first five years working there, I remember we would get the American banker delivered every day at the doorstep, right? It was a daily newspaper and I could never get my hands on it because it was, it would, the partners would get it and it would go all around the office and I'd never, and I'd see the old ones laying around, you know, it's weak old information because one of the partners would keep it on his desk and the other one had it on his desk. And so I started showing up at like 7 a.m. so that I could get it. And I would get it and digest it and make the first pot of coffee. That was before K-Pods. Now we, you know, we have to make the coffee. And uh, uh, yeah, so I would just say, come into this business with a real strong work ethic. Uh, of course, that applies to anything in, in life. But, you know, success only happens before work in the dictionary. You know, so my, my feeling is I would encourage anybody that wants to get into the business to get into the business, but really, really get in there and, you know, just um, put, get your arms around it, really get, dive in. You can't put, you can't, you can't kind of do this. Yeah. You know, my wife is always like, Oh man, when are you going to put that phone down? It's like, I'm sorry, babe. Just two more, just two, yeah. more. <laughs> two more. I got, I got, I got yeah. Never ending. Isn't it? Like I said, these are people's careers. You know, these are, these are guys said these are people's careers and these are people that, you know, they're in the middle of an offer and a negotiation and we're expected to be available. Just like a loan officer is expected to answer their phone. We're expected to do mm -hmm. the same. We remember being at Walt Disney World one time and, and a client was calling me and I was talking to them and my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, honey, they pay for this trip. <laughs> the reason yeah. we're at Walt Disney World staying at the Polynesian because they paid for it. <laughs> yeah. So if I don't answer this phone, we don't get this next year. <laughs> yeah, I told my wife that too. I said, uh, I said, you remember 2008? I said, you can complain when it, when the phone stops ringing. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brandy, you know, 
it happens rarely, but it does happen, right? And you get that call from that one candidate, maybe you talk to or whatever, and now they got to move like yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. It's like everything is exploding and they got to get out of here and they want to get the offer letter to to them tomorrow so they can review it, right? <laughs> right now. What, what happens in your mind when that actual phone call happens like that? Well, I mean, I, I try to take them back a couple steps, you know, because um, I don't know what's going on, right? So I need to understand exactly what's going on. And, um, you know, I think if I've created any type of reputation doing what I'm doing, it's, it's that I'm brutally honest with people. I say it in the nicest way that I can, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't try to sugarcoat things and I definitely don't want people to make a move. That's not really the best move for them. So knowing exactly what's wrong and, and what they're trying to fix, I got to know if I can fix it or not. So sometimes you can't, you know, sometimes it's really not a better fit than, than where they're at. So, um, yeah, just tell them to take a step back, take a deep breath, you know, and, and try to work it out the best that I can. Guy, I'm going to ask you the same question. When you get that call from that hectic candidate that now wants to move yesterday, you know what I mean? They've, they've been stalling and stalling and stalling. And now like, oh, guy, I got to get this out. I need an offer letter from your, one of your investors or lenders, whatever. How, what's your reaction? Really, to, to add to what Brandy just said, uh, and to kind of flip it a little bit. It's also part of the vetting. You said you may not be able to fix it, which is a really nice way of saying, eh, we may have a lemon. Uh, you know, uh, not everybody. My mom once told me, you know what, guys, sometimes people are where they belong. And you just right. have to let it go. So you, you kind of have to do a deep dive both ways, Bob. You know, you want to be sympathetic, empathetic, pathetic. I will be it. But you also have to look with clear eyes because, again, the clients are paying you. As you know, as much as you want that talent, and you you want to get as as I always kid, you want to get that eight by ten on the wall. I look at my clients, my candidates as 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 talent, like you with an agent, and and you you want to have their picture on the wall. This is who I represent. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so fast to put that one up on the wall. So, uh, so your client is your client the company or is your client the actual candidate? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because. To me, they're both clients in a way, though you have to, one's candidate, one's client. But to me, they're both my clients. You know, I, I, I work for both of them. Luckily, we're in a position, guys, where we're, we're pulling in the same direction. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking for the same thing. And I, I think that, that that's kind of where, you know, just leave it right there. Uh, that's kind of Jim, thing about you, I mean, how do you feel? I mean, is, is the company more, more 51% or is the candidate 51 i mean we're all human right i mean it's got to be 51 percent to something i used to tell them my to dad i was the youngest of six trust me i was like you always love them more than you love me <laughs> my, so i mean my dad said which finger would i cut off pick one and he wouldn't pick anyway i mean so which right. one, i mean how does that work for you jim so obviously our clients are the ones that uh pay our fees right i mean we're we're that's where we that's where we start with the work that's our assignment it starts there my allegiance is to the client in that i want to make sure that we're meeting their needs and that we're adding value that doesn't necessarily mean that fabi is a good fit for this company and we're going to get sideways with me because i took fabi somewhere else that's a better fit for fabi 
um, then it's not the type of relationship I'm looking for anyway. So it's, it's a difficult balance. It is both. As Guy said, it is both. Uh, so just always keeping in mind that you're going to do what's in the best interest of both and that there's enough out there for everybody. Hmm. You know, for a client to think that uh, they're going to get first look on every single candidate is unrealistic because they're not always a fit for that organization. So you have to be a good, keen evaluator of culture, philosophies, talents, uh, business model, and make sure that we're bringing good fits to the right organizations. So that's what, I guess it's a, it's a balance. It really is a balance, but we do try to balance both sides. Randy, you've done both. You, you've been, I know you've been like where Guy and Jim are, where you've been independent, right? Mm-hmm. You're kind of working for one mortgage lender. Is there a difference in the way you recruit? Or I mean, I'm sure the recruiting is still the same, but I mean, are you vetting differently? Are you a little bit more picky or how does that work out? Well, I wouldn't say more more picky or vetting differently, but, you know, for me, um, having one story to really just be super passionate about, um, I feel like I do a better job knowing if it's a fit or not for, for somebody. Uh, you know, I've got plenty of relationships between, you know, Jim and Guy and uh, Lisa, you know, that like if somebody's not a fit for Novus, I can definitely still help them in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I do a better job making sure somebody's a fit for Novus only focused on, on Novus. Um, and that's a me thing, right? So, um, you think it's easier representing one lender than it representing a bunch of lenders or is it, for is it- me? The, yes, I think so. Um, but you know, not, not everybody agrees with that, but for what, me, what, yes. Yeah, what, what's the reason that you think it's a good fit for you like that? Um, you know, I feel like, when I had seven or eight clients, right? Like my, my phone call and my approach was, you know, Hey, are you open? Tell me all the things about you. And then let me go back and see what I can line up and figure out. Right. Well, now I call and I say, Hey, I want to, I want to share with you all the things about Novus and I want you to share all the things about you with me. And then if we can help you reach new goals or whatever, like the conversation's just different. And I feel like I do a better job because I'm passionate about the story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit more simplified streamlined approach for you. Yeah, you for sure. Juggle a bunch of different balls and, and you can just kind of. Yeah. And then it's like, and it's like, you're either a fit or you're not. Right. And no harm, no foul if you're not. And then I'll just give you to somebody else and let them help you. Yeah. Jim, what's a candidate that would be a good fit? Like you, you both, you and Brandy and Guy, uh, both all, all three said that there are candidates that are not a fit for a company. What's a, a factor that says, hey, this guy's just not going to fit at company X, but I think they're going to fit at company <laughs> Z. <laughs> Brandy's laughing already. I'm glad he got that question. I know. <laughs> well, there's a multitude of answers to it that. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's all yours. One could one could possibly be uh, market penetration, right? So, um, you know, I've got a company right now that wants to acquire a group here in Florida. They're twenty five million a month, but and it's two guys, and one of the guys has a fifteen million a month branch 
a mile and a half down from his branch. So he's, they're not gonna go there, it's not a fit. They wanna stay together. So that right there, that cancels that. I've gotta look for an alternate place that's a better fit for them. They, they've got a little bit of pain, but we're gonna be patient. Nobody's got a white flag over their head saying, come save me. But at the same time, they know it could be better elsewhere. And so I've gotta be patient and find the right, and they trust me that I'm not gonna waste their time. Time is limited, time's valuable today, especially today. Mm -hmm. But so what's what's not a good fit? Uh, also, uh, another one that would be uh, probably not a good fit would be culture, philosophy of an organization and how they perceive the business, how they want to go after the business, uh, high maintenance people that, you know, aren't necessarily or what, what do we call them? Um, divas. Divas, yeah, divas is good. Divas is good. Uh, Never passed a mirror they didn't love. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want to take? Yeah, we have, we have plenty. Challenged. Yeah, so I think I think there's a multitude of reasons. You really have to consider everything, and but kind of what Brandy was saying, she does better um, pitching and talking about one organization with passion. That's great. For me, I'm the complete opposite. I want to have a multitude. I want to be the Swiss army knife. I want to be able to have a multitude of options to take people to, but that also requires a lot of work in that. I don't want to be a vendor with any of my clients. I'm not a vendor and, and I don't approach any of my clients from a vendor relationship, even though we're considered a vendor, <clears throat> I want to be considered a partner and I want to work from a partnership level. And the only way you can do that is by becoming a, an extension of the organization. So when you speak, you know, you should hear that company coming out of me at that moment. You know, uh, it, not that I'm overselling, not that I'm selling hard, but <clears throat> when I speak about an organization such as Novus, I need to sound like Brandy. I need to sound like Eric. I need to sound like everybody there. I can't, and the, the candidate has to hear those, that conviction in my voice. Yep. Otherwise I'm just selling and, and that's, that's easily snuffed out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Disingenuine. So guy, when you're having a bad day, right? And, 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 and listen, we've all, I've, I've been in sales for years, right? And, and, and everyone is saying, no, 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 go to hell, whatever. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm busy. My, 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 my cat's in the vet veterinarian, whatever the reasons are that particular day, you have a bunch of those. What, what gets you to that next call, man? I mean, I mean, I know you guys have to call, right? I mean, I can just go and say, I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm going to go make my podcast, whatever. Right. And, uh, but you guys have to, do you walk away or do you continue calling? Walk me through that process there for a second. Well, listen, uh, you, the day you walk away from calling, the day I don't make calls and the days, day I find something else to do, that's what we do. Okay, so it's not an option. Look at it as, you know, we're not digging ditches here. Okay, I mean, my wife said worse to me this morning than anybody would say to me on the phone. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> No one's going to, you know, it's not going to be bone crushing to me. All right? <laughs> We're going to move on. And, and, and as Jim said, and I loved it, Jim, and, and I'm just starting, you know, putting my feet in. When you're getting that call, it's almost fun. You know what I mean? With, with Mr. Obnoxious or, you know, I have no time for you. You know, just completely. But it's almost fun. It's almost a challenge now. Uh, so where I used to be crushed. And, and yeah, Bobby, you're, you're crushed. Just interesting, though, to get to branding. You know, Brandy, I did the exact opposite. When I started, I represent one company. And I, I said, well, I can't please this company. You know, they want more offices. I can 
deliver. Why would I get more companies and make more companies miserable? Yeah, I mean, I can't keep this one happy. Why would I, uh, well, let me add to the misery, you know? And then I found out though, is I was losing so many people because I, I you can't put the square peg in the round hole. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I, I went this direction. But I totally understand where you're coming from. I saw that because I was like, listen, I, I, I'm almost being disingenuous by representing multiple companies. I thought that, you know, if you're passionate, this is your drive. So basically, I'm, I'm jello. Okay. I can go either way, the, the wind blowing. So, yeah. so there's your answer, Bobby. All right. Thanks, man. <laughs> Brady, I'm here for. what about you? I mean, you're having that bad day. You're having a streak of people hanging up on you. Don't call me. I'm, I'm not. You know, I don't even know if you get that anymore because, you know, I, I don't think I ever hung up on you. I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't get it a lot anymore. Um, but typically I just grab a bottle of wine and go back at it. <laughs> so let me be straight. Do you finish the whole bottle then start dialing? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, COVID is like airport rules, right? <laughs> like you just got to do what you got to do to get through the day. Better living through chemistry. I, I get it. Absolutely. There we are. Airports is that you can go to the airport, check in at, at for a seven thirty flight, and see people drinking. You know, in the morning, and it's like no big deal. It's like because they're landing and they're about to go somewhere else. And so, is that what you're talking about? Airport. So they don't care. <laughs> yeah, Bloody Marys at seven thirty. Sign me up. <laughs> I was on a flight you know? one time, and there was a guy literally so drunk on the way to Paris, and I was like wondering, I said, like, I wonder if he really knows he's going to Paris. What do you, maybe he's just got on the wrong plane. I mean, it's going to be fun he's to see right at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Brittany, you were going to say something? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, but in, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, getting up and walking away for just a couple minutes and resetting, that's all you can do. It really is all you can do. Yeah, I think reset is, is key because you, yeah. you got to kind of re recalibrate, reset, and then start all over again like nothing ever happened. Yep, for sure. Kind of like the sports mentality, Bobby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in, like in baseball, a 300 hitter failed seven out of 10 times. The difference between him hitting 300 and 200 is mental. It's how he deals with failure, is how he will, is, is how successful he will be. So you, you have to clean the slate and move on. Yep. You know, or give your wife a call and, and, and really get an earful and you realize you'd much rather be talking to these people. They're much your nicer. wife's going to ring your neck after she's she sees she's this. A, let's we're keep her away from the podcast, all right? I, uh, no potting for her. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> 30 <laughs> years, guys. So, you know, right I, I've served my time. <laughs> Jim, I mean, how, how, like, you chime in here, brother. <laughs> Bail me out before I jump in about my wife, right? <laughs> I mean, do you find inspiration and then come back or do you just like reset or, or just call it a day or what do you do? Uh, no, it doesn't phase me whatsoever. I, in fact, the last one that hung up on me was probably three years ago and I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally cracked up laughing. I cracked up laughing. I thought, wow, what an idiot. What a <laughs> professional. Yeah. Yeah. He, he hung up on me because I was uh, asking him for, uh, proof of his production numbers. This was before we could verify. And uh, so he's just, he was just, that, that it, was, it was just, I was thankful because it saved me a bunch of time. Yeah. So, no, and if I get a, if I get, honestly, at this point, you know, we control the conversation anymore. It's not, I don't talk to people this way. I'm not selling, I'm not talking up. 
And I, and I don't mean in a condescending way that I'm talking down, mm -hmm. but I am in control of the conversation. I am in control. And if you don't have that poise and that strength on the phone, people just aren't going to react well to you anyway. So you've got to, you've got to, you've got to show some confidence on your call. You've got to know what you're talking about. And you've got to, yeah, I mean, all we have is our voice, right? Like we're not going and taking people to lunch and, you know, I mean, sometimes I guess, but for the most part, right. All we have is our voice. So we have to, it's got to come through on the phone. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we're suffering from a ton of rejection right now. And if it is, it's polite. People aren't for sure. People aren't typically jerks. Yeah. What about the guy, Jim, that, that you're talking to for weeks and weeks and weeks and looks like it's going, going where he's talked to your, 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 your company lenders, great conversations, blah, blah, blah. And you're right at the edge and all of a sudden they disappear. Can't get them on the phone. Won't return your text. You know, you see them on Facebook somewhere. You see them on LinkedIn somewhere. You see them everywhere, but you don't, you can't, they will not return your phone call. I see you shaking your head. The audience can't see that. So I want to make sure. <laughs> if we could go back to your first conversation about what candidate drives you nuts. I would like to put that as my answer. Okay. I forgot all about, I forgot about that one. Ghost, ghosters. Getting ghosted is the most despicable thing. I think, I mean, be a human being, be a, be, be a grown up. put your big boy and big girl pants on and say, I've decided I'm going to kind of hang where I'm at because when that happens, I feel like a real failure because I didn't build the trust in the relationship like I thought I did. They still saw me as somebody selling oh. instead of somebody that was more concerned about their well-being. I have a guy yesterday that was offered a $300,000 sign-on bonus, a $200,000 credit to his P&L, and we had this conversation. He's His rates are back where they were, his credit scores are back where they were, he's closing some significant volume. And I told him, you probably need to stay where you're at. You know, why would I try to push this guy into a direction that doesn't make sense for him? Really? There's a real trust there between him and I, and I know that he trusts me and I trust him. And so what's best for the person? I mean, I'm just being selfish if I'm trying to sell him into an opportunity. Now, two months ago, it was a better deal over mm -hmm. here you know, after the, uh, after the lockdown and, you know, all the aggregators pulling out and all of that kind of right. stuff. But today I think it's all kind of come back. And so he doesn't have a ton of pain. So I said, you know, you probably just need to stay there. Hmm. You know, I think that surprises people sometimes when you tell them that, like, yeah, for sure. My career doesn't hinge on you making this move, you know? Okay. Brandy, you were shaking your head really vehemently when Jim was talking about the ghosters and I was asking the question. I mean, you were really, that people can't see you on this podcast until they go on YouTube, but um, you, you obviously have had ghosters in your career. <laughs> oh yeah. And you know, I, I do a lot of ops recruiting too, being internal. Right. And so it happens even more uh, when you kind of get on that side of it for sure. So, I mean, Guy, when you have a ghost, I mean, and I'm saying ghost, sorry. <laughs> when you have someone that ghosts you, I mean, do you give up? Do you stop calling? Do you say the heck with this? I'm not, not going to do this anymore. I mean, what do you do then? My personality, I'm coming at you. Okay, I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. All right, and I will delight and keep calling you. All right, I'm going to, I'm not going to make it easy for you. All right, you know. It's just, it's just my own, because they've dropped off. They, 
as, as Jim said so wonderfully, it, it's about trust, okay? And they obviously don't trust you. So why not let them know this is not how we act. This is not how we behave, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I'll do it for my own amusement. <laughs> for, for like a better term. All right, little, little masochism. But yeah, well, why not? Yeah, don't let them off that easy. So the thing I'll is, typically is, text them a couple of times, and then if they really are just ghosting, I just let them go. Because well, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm a three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Three and yep. Out. That's fair. I mean, I think at that point you got to you got to call. You know, you know, you got to move on to the next next person. I guess mm-hmm. there's only so many resources we have. Yeah. Brandy, there's no perfect company in the mortgage business. We all know that, right? No utopia. No utopia. I thought maybe I'll ne- call my next mortgage. If I open a mortgage company next time, I'm going to call it Utopia Lending. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm like, hey, we finally found Utopia. Yeah. <laughs> but from your Actually, view, is, cool. is there one thing a company could do if they're not already doing it that would stop their sales guys from taking your phone call? Well, to your comment earlier about engagement right it's it's engage and encourage people like to be encouraged and it goes so much farther than any of us could even know you know that extra phone call of hey you know i don't know like you know your team did whatever yesterday or you know i just want to let you know we appreciate you or Mm -hmm. you know just maybe like just sending a thank you card you know to just extra little touches of engaging your people to let them know that you appreciate them hands down is what more people should be doing jim what do you think buddy 100 percent. it's it's the small things it's not the big things 100 percent. it's not always about money it's about recognition appreciation making them feel valued yep without a doubt i mean i was talking to a client this morning uh, he overnight shipped uh, to their funding manager a huge bouquet of flowers to the to the office just to say thank you for taking our calls and answering our questions. I mean, wow. how far? How how? I mean, just to feel appreciated. How far do you think that goes with somebody? And they'll yeah. always remember it. You know, so, always remember it. So when a bar, what a, I said bar, sorry. So when you're a, an employee's feeling engaged and appreciated, and one of you guys calls. Guy, I mean, is there a difference? I mean, are they polite and they say, listen, I'm, I'm really, really happy here. And can you hear a difference in the tone or something? Or what happens? I mean. Well, well listen, you, you have to take people at face value. You know what I mean? So if someone says I'm happy and delighted, well, one has to assume they're happy and delighted. And, and usually to me, that's almost like a defense mechanism. You know, stop now, you know, I need, I want my space. Here's my wall. And then you kind of get into again, Jim, the master over here. Listen, I'm not, I'm not calling you to tell you to, you know, write up your resignation letter here. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's let's begin a process. Because frankly, it's not a bad thing to know what you're worth in the marketplace. Okay, that, that's that's not a bad thing. Why don't they do it? A couple of reasons. One, they don't want their name getting out there. Well, that's what we get paid. Yeah, uh, we we should be able to do that. And two, they don't want they have enough on their plate. They don't have time to do it. Again, that's what we should be doing. Mm. So there's different approaches. And if someone's truly happy, God bless them. That's wonderful. Listen, the company we call. I always tell my my candidates, clients, or whatever you call them. I always say, listen, I called you. 
you didn't call me. Okay, I, I'm looking for you. So the premise here is we have to check the, all the boxes. This this has to be the better mousetrap, the better fit. Or I'll send your Christmas card and, and we move on. The appreciation thing, Bob, the one thing I wanted to say on that was, the one thing I've noticed is, is a lot of companies, and I guess this gets into the cards and the flowers that, that they were talking about, is they don't realize what they have you know, in their own systems a lot of times. Or sometimes, and they give a baseball analogy, you have a, a great guy in the minors, but Babe Ruth is in right field, and you're not, you're not taking out Babe Ruth. So you got to go elsewhere to move up. You, you get a lot of that. I would, if I was that company, I'd say, well, I got to find the room. I got to find playing time. I don't want to lose him because one, I'm losing quality plus I'm strengthening my competition. It's a, it's a double whammy of no good. So try to find it. So just to kind of throw my two yeah, cents. That's good. I like that one. We are coming up to the end here, guys. This went way faster than I thought it was going to go. I, I, I had a whole bunch of other questions here. And, uh, it's a really good panel. I, I, we may have to do this one more time here before the end of the year. I like this. Uh, hopefully you guys are up for it. Um, but, but before I go, I do have one, two more questions. So we're going to go around the horn. We'll start out with Brandy. Uh, so I, this is like a, what's that? What was that? What was that show? Hollywood Squares. <laughs> I'm going to put an X on Brandy. Whatever that <laughs> um, what's one common myth about your profession, Brandy, that you would love for the audience to hear that, you know, I mean, I think we're up to like seven people now uh, <laughs> to that, that would just debunk their attitude about a recruiter. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, you know, I think a lot of people do think that it's easy. You know, I think they think we just pick up the phone and we dial for dollars and then we just, get lucky sometimes. Right. And it's just very transactional. And uh, for those of us that have done it for a long time and really are passionate about it, that's just not the case. That doesn't mean that there aren't basement recruiters. Right. And, and that it's how they operate. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but they're out there. Um, but, you know, for those of us, again, who just are, are really passionate about it and care about the people, I do think a lot of people don't value how much work we put into mm. long-term relationships and, and, and really trying to put people where they need to be. Guy, how about you? You have a, a myth that you want to debunk right now for us? Well, I, I was thinking about the way you asked the question and my first reaction was, Oh my God, imagine me speaking for the entire profession. Oh, uh, there's a problem. So I'll just speak for me. Uh, and what I say is, I would want people to understand that they're not just a name, they're not just a, a, a list, a call list, because unfortunately, some of my professions, parts of it have become call centers. They just have a quota of calls and they're just calling. And that's not what we're about. That's not what I'm about. That's not anybody who I'm working with is about. This is about people's careers and their lives and, and, and their dreams and aspirations. And, and, that's something that we take incredibly serious. And, and to think of us as just, you know, selling the Buick, as Jim said. I love that line. Uh, that would be the thing I would like to, to hey, no, we're, it's much, much more than that. I take this home at night. This is, these people become part of my life. And, and, hmm. All right. 
Jim, how about you, man? Anything you want to let our people know that, hey, you know what? This is a myth. This is just not the truth. And this is what, what it's really about. Well, I, I think we'd be, we'd be lying if we said that there aren't bad recruiters, you know? I mean, just like there's bad law officers, just like there's bad managers, just like there's bad anything, right? Sure. Um, I think largely what people need to understand is the true professionals in this business actually care about you. And we actually care about your long-term prosperity. And if you would see us more of a sports agent for, for, for mortgage athletes, where our job is to help you maximize your value, because nobody gets up and goes to work every day because they, would, they wouldn't rather be out on a boat or something, right? So if you're gonna be away from your family for that amount of time, at least I would always suggest maximize your value, whether that's placed monetarily or that's placed from a, as Brandy was talking about, an encouragement standpoint or feeling fulfilled. If you're not feeling fulfilled and you're making all the money and you're willing to do an even swap for the money, but feel more fulfilled, we can help you there. I mean, it's just, for us, it's, uh, we care about people. We care about people. You're not, like Guy said, you're not a, you're not a name on a list to me or to us. Hey. Well, guys, this has been a very, very informative uh, session for me. Uh, I know that the listeners are going to appreciate a lot of the information that we received today, um, especially because, look, a lot of there's uh, internal recruiters, there's people who are jobs or to develop businesses. Uh, and there's so many good information that there was an old mentor of mine that said, if you brought a wheelbarrow, you're going to carry some stuff out of this session. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I hope people brought wheelbarrows into this podcast so they could hear this. Uh, I'm going to go around one time and ask how the best way to get a hold of you online so if anybody wants to contact you guys directly, Brandy, what's the best way to get a hold of you? LinkedIn. I have no other social media. So So Brandy Floyd, and that's Brandy with an I, right? With an I, yeah. Yes, yep. I, I made that mistake years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> end up talking to some other lady, but she was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, how about you? What's the best way to get a hold of you online? Yeah, also also uh, LinkedIn uh, or veritysearch.com or, or LinkedIn, either one. Oh yeah. Novus.com. Novus <laughs> careers. The, go to the careers tab. It is all me. <laughs> there it is. Guy McFadden. The best <laughs> way to get a hold of me is uh, whatever mode my son has showed me how to use. Okay. He showed me how to text uh, LinkedIn. I, I'm, I, I'm good at that. Uh, the website, uh, one good one.net. Uh, but hopefully I'll be finding that. All right. And that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Love the right, guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the show. Um, this will be airing momentarily, and uh, we are out. So thank you so thank much, you, guys, Bobby. for being on here. Okay, appreciate you. Bye, all. guys. Appreciate. You. Oh, that was one hell of a panel to be part of. And uh, man, uh, like I said during that uh, podcast, if you came in with a wheelbarrow, you're definitely walking away with some items in that to help you with your recruiting efforts. I want to thank uh, First Option Mortgage and One Good One once again for their continued support. I want to thank Brandy Floyd of Novus Mortgage, Guy McFadden of One Good One, and Jim Bacchus of Verity Search. Uh, you guys did a great job on this panel. I hope you, as our listeners, continue supporting us. If you have any questions about anything that we discussed, feel free to uh, text me and I'll try to get you your responses. Talk soon. Bye.